0: serve a supernatural God, a God that changes hearts and lives, who hears our prayers, who feels what we feel, has been through what we've been through, was crucified and yet rose again. We forget how wonderful and how glorious that is. We forget how powerful that is. It becomes nothing more than just normal. We're around it so much, we forget how much power there is in the name of Jesus. Today, we continue our verse-by-verse through 1 Corinthians, and we're going to open our Bibles again to the book of 1 Corinthians, if you have it. If not, it'll be on the screen. Use your life today is the title. Use your life to spread the gospel because that's what it's about. Uh, <clears throat> before we get there, a husband and wife are eating dinner. Specifically, they're having steak. Don't you like steak? I love steak. Should I be eating steak? Obviously not, but I like steak. And so the wife looks at her husband and she looks at him and she goes, well, how selfish are you? You took the biggest piece. And the husband responds, well, what would you have done? And the wife responds, well, I would have taken the small one and left you the big one. And he says, why are you mad? I gave you the one you wanted. (laughs) Jacob Beck once said, we have self-centered minds which get us into plenty of trouble. If we do not come to understand the error in the way we think, Our self-awareness, which is our greatest blessing, is also our downfall. Paul is preaching here to the the Christians in Corinth, or, or sending a letter to the Christians in Corinth, and he preached to them during his second missionary journey. And he was there 18 months, and opposition was fierce against him. But Jesus came to him in a vision, and he said, I have many people in this city. And so Paul stayed and he taught them the word of God until it was time for him to move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, and we'll stop at chapter 11, verse 1, and it reads, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. If any of those who do not believe invite you to a dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no questions for conscience' sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. Conscious, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense, either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I also please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come to your word, and in it we know we find life and we find truth. We find those things which stabilize us and which grow us that are Christians. And for those of us that aren't, Lord, we find life. We find the power to change hearts in your word. There is hope in your word. God, we ask that you would forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness according to 1 John 1 and 9, and Lord, that you would use me even despite my brokenness and leakiness as a vessel. Lord, we ask that you would fill us up this morning and when struggles happen, Lord, that you would not only give us the strength, but that you would stop us in our minds, and say, what would Jesus do in this situation? What does the Word of God tell me to do? And so, God, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray not only for those that are here, but those that are online, those that are listening by recording, and those that are not here, that are normally here as well. In Jesus' name, amen understand other people that's what we have to know is that not everybody believe it or not thinks like you think thinks like i think we're different but we need to understand other people so that we don't stop spiritual growth both in them and in ourselves first of all be understanding of others consciences first corinthians 10 23 and i'm gonna read this out of the new living translation and it'll be on the screen You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising question of conscience. We're going to stop there. Last week, Paul mentions idols, and we talked about idolatry, and he talked about eating meat sacrificed to idols, And that there's a difference between eating that meat and participating in the worship of idols. When Paul says, I am allowed to do anything, what is he talking about? What is he referring to? Is he talking about the moral law of the the religious code that was handed down to Moses? Is he talking about the religious laws for the temple? Is he talking about things that are debatable? What is in view here? These are the questions that we have here. What is in view? Well, he can't be talking about the moral law because Jesus confirmed the moral law. Not only that, he made it even more stringent, made it more strict. As an example, Matthew five twenty seven says, You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5:31 says you have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce, but I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Matthew 5:33 says you have also heard that our ancestors were told you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. Do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. And these are just a few examples that Jesus made. He made it stricter. He wanted to talk about the heart motive. So what is Paul talking about here? He's talking about the debatable things. You see, by the time Jesus took on flesh and he came and dwelt among us, according to John 1.1, the Jews had added rules for all sorts of things to what God had already given them. You see, man's thoughts, we're, we're quite interesting people. We're quite interesting. You see, God puts up a fence and he says, don't cross it you know, a nice little fence that's four foot high, it's chain link, and it has a sign that says, stay out, don't cross it. See, God puts up that fence. And so we see that fence and we say, well, I shouldn't even go near that fence so that I won't cross it. So I'm going to build a 30-foot brick wall um, that's 10 feet in front. And, you know, that's just how we are we make things more convoluted over time. Not only is there a brick wall in the original fence, but then eventually you have a path that you must follow, and you must use your right foot and your left foot and do the hokey-pokey and spin around in order to be pleasing to God, you know? But you have to stay in that path. And that's basically what happened. Mark 7... chapter. Uh, Chapter 7, verse 1 says, One day some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. And they noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands, as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. And so the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old traditions? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. And Jesus replied, you hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. And then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. Notice that they weren't even following the law. They 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 were upset because of a tradition. It says the traditions of the elders. To human religiosity is what Paul is referring to. However, that's not the end of it. Paul says he can do these things, but they're not all beneficial for him. He says that what we should not be concerned about is our own good, but that of the other people around us. Now what's he talking about? I was with you, Paul, up until you got here. What are you talking about? Well, in order to witness to the Jews, he would follow Jewish law. He would. In order to witness to the Gentiles, which is everyone who is not a Jew, he would live like them. But he would not compromise his Christian morality on it. 1 Corinthians 9.19 says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law. When I am with those who are weak, I share in their weakness for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. This is about, first and foremost, this passage is about the spread of the good news between God and man, that there is peace. God made a way that we could be made right with him through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And in Colossians 119, he says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Do you believe that today? Then you have peace with God. Secondly, be all things so that some may be saved. That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about salvation. So Paul goes on with his illustration, as we talked about last week, about this eating of meat. And in verse 25 of our main text, 1 Corinthians 10, it says, Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. If any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience' sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense, either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Do you see that? Give no offense. Just as I also please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. And this is a scary statement. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. There are a lot of times I don't want my kids to imitate me. There are a lot of times I don't want you to imitate me because I've got some, some bad habits. Like, for example, some people get mad at me, because, especially at the school, because I'll be walking around And I got something on my mind, and I don't even notice they're there. And they go, well, Pastor Joe, you didn't say hello to me. I don't even remember you being there. How could I say hello? It's not against anybody. It's just one of my quirks. My wife is well familiar with it. She calls it selective listening, though. I'm I'm not not so sure I'm with that. That's a joke. You'll get it on the way home. Paul says that if someone were to mention to you that this food was offered to an idol, then don't eat the meat. Why? Why would he say that? Well, we have to know about the culture of the time. Because normally, someone wouldn't even mention that unless they thought it would be important for you or it was important for them because of how you be perceived to them. For example, let's say I was invited to preach at a holiness church. Anybody remember those? You know they're still around, uh, a holiness church, where it was expected to wear a suit and a tie and a vest. But I showed up in what I have on now. Do you think anybody's going to listen to a word I say? No, they're not. Not a single person there will hear what God has to say through his word because they'd be offended by my dress. Well, you may say, well, that doesn't happen anymore. But folks, it does. And not too long ago, what's it been, 10 years now, 10 years ago, I was at a church and my, my pant hem wasn't quite right. You could see my socks and all anybody, all anybody could talk about was my socks. They had no idea what, what came out of the word of God because they were too busy about worrying about my socks. Nobody offered to buy me a new pair of pants, but, you know. <laughs> I have a friend uh, who is a pastor to this day, and I was just talking to him last week, and he, wear, he wore a dress shirt with no tie, okay, for two weeks in a row. Now, he always wears the long shirts, long sleeves, and he wore no tie for two weeks in a row, still had the jacket, pants, the whole bit except for no tie, and uh, one of the deacons came up to him and said, all right, pastor, it's been two weeks, you've had your fun, you better have a tie on next Sunday, <laughs> and he was serious. Um, folks, if, if a tie is what you need to hear the word of God, I'll put a tie on. You know I tried that here um, once, and uh, I got the opposite response. Um, so I try not to wear those anymore. Um, the only thing I miss about ties, I'll be quite honest with you, is I used to I used to have all these l- cool little knots I could do, not just the Windsor, but this cool little Trinity knot and stuff like that, and you know, the, whatever. Now my, now my neck is too fat to wear one anyway, so what's it matter? <laughs> is it wrong? Let me ask you a question. Is it wrong by Scripture to require someone to wear a tie? Scripture doesn't say anything about a tie. Ties weren't even a thing then. <laughs> but would the Word of God ever reach that deacon, for example, because he was offended? that the man didn't wear a tie? Well, no. What is more important? Let me ask you a question. What is more important? A tie or God's word? God's word every time. You are right. By all means, God's word. And I will always remember the first time I showed up here in that tie, though. Uh, I got to be honest. I'm glad I was only an interim at the time. Interim pastor. Uh, uh, Because y'all spanked me wearing that tie you were nice but you spanked me especially miss joe pastor you look good in a tie but you know you don't need to wear that we don't do that around here we're come as you are i love you miss joe yeah well my neck is fatter than it used to be so notice i haven't worn one since okay i'll have to get some shirt extenders (laughs) <laughs> Fat neck and all, anyway. Anyway, I don't wear ties most of the time, which is good. And I don't know how I went down that rabbit hole, killed that rabbit, and brought it back and cooked it and ate it at that point. The gospel should be our primary focus in all that we do. Yes, we're to live a holy life. First Peter 1.16 says, for the, for the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. But we do not have to live according to man's tradition, man's religiosity. There is a difference between following God's word and following man's pathway. Our concern should always be to see, though, people saved and let God worry about the other stuff. Let God worry about their sanctification. Let God worry about their conscience and debatable matters. There was a starting point for all of us where we learned how God desires us to be. Where, he learned, where we learned how He wants our hearts to be. Let us never forget that, but let us never impose our man-made traditions on others. Many a missionary has gone into a village and just lived just as the villagers do. They wore their clothes, ate the same food, drank the same water. They didn't come in and make them dress in formal wear or eat prepackaged anything. If they hunted, so did the missionaries. You know, I've got a friend of mine who was a missionary to Laos. And he told me one time that when he got there, uh, his digestive tract was not ready for their food. And he got really ill. And it took a lot of antibiotics. But see, they were fine. Did he stop eating what they ate? Nope. Made his body get used to it. Because it would have been offensive for him to enter their hut, their home, and not eat what was provided. They would have not listened to the gospel. And so he did it anyway. And many people were saved out of that. Now he and his family are with Wycliffe Bible translators overseas. 1 Corinthians 9.22 says, To the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. That should always be our goal. That should always be what we're about. Not about my socks. But folks, if my pants offend you, I will change my pants so that the word of God may go forth. As the ladies come, you know, a lot of this today was talking about sending the gospel. What is the gospel? Somebody may be saying in here or online, What is the gospel? What does that mean? What's well, good news? What's good news? That even In our sin, even though we were enemies of Christ, he died for you and for me. You see, Jesus isn't just someone that we talk about. He isn't just someone that we have mental assent about. Jesus is God the second person in the trinity he is holy and he is our savior romans 3:23 tells us for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god that means everyone you me the pope everyone 6:23 says but the gift it says that the wages of sin guess what is death that's separation from god for all eternity but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, His Son. So how do I obtain this eternal life? How do I get it? Romans ten thirteen tells us, it says, He who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus paid a debt. He didn't know. He paid my debt. He paid your debt. He took my sin... The things I have done wrong against God, even the littlest thing, on him. And he said, no more. I pay that. Your job is to ask him to come into your life, to be your Lord, and to be your Savior. That's your job. If you don't want to do that because you want to live in your sin... That's between you and God. But I'm telling you right now, there is a way that can bring you peace between you and God. Does that mean your life's going to be all oh, so happy and wonderful? No, but you're going to have God with you in it. He'll walk with you through it. He may not always calm the storm, but he'll definitely go with you through it. Do you know that you know that you know? that you belong to Jesus Christ. If not, you need to make that sure today. Today. For the rest of us that know Jesus, and we know that we know, and that He knows us, and we know that we're not going to be like those in Matthew seven twenty one, which said, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name? Have we not cast out demons in Thy name? Have we not done many wonderful works in Thy name? And He, he said... I don't know you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. If we know that we are his and he knows us and he has changed us, he has redeemed us, then we need to listen to the scripture this morning. Though I have liberty, could I be putting somebody off from coming to know Jesus by using my liberty? I used to tie as an example, but it's a really good example. It's really true. We need to do all that we can to not hinder the good news that there is a way to be saved. There is a way to come to have peace with God. Let's make sure we're not doing that. As we stand and sing, if you'd like special prayer, if you want to... Accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm up here for that. If you want to join the church by letter, by statement, by baptism, we can do that as well as we stand and sing the invitation song. Miss Joe.